This podcast contains material that some listeners may find objectionable. It may contain graphic descriptions of atrocities committed during the 1937 Nanking Massacre in China. Welcome back to the wartime diaries of Mini Votrin and Sen Shui Fong. In this episode, Chinese civilians continue to register, thinking that it will afford them protection against the Japanese. Minnie escorts three Japanese women from a women's national defense organization. Sen watches dead bodies being dragged away by dogs. Chinese planes bomb the city. Prayer services continue to be a central part of life. Sunday, January 2nd, 1938, from the Diary of Minnie Votrin. Warm, bright sunshine day. What a blessing for those whose homes have been burned and those whose bedding has been looted. As rice was being served this morning, a car drove in with three elderly Japanese women who were representatives of a woman's national defense organization. They did not make many comments but seemed interested in looking about. How I wish I could speak Japanese in order to explain something of what these refugees have suffered. At 10 o'clock, Mr. Lee and I went over to Drum Tower to church. They had a very, very fine service. The speaker, who used to be on our Sunday schoolwork at Southgate, then left distinctly religious work for a business career, largely selfish, showed by his sermon that he had learned a deep spiritual lesson through his suffering. There must have been 80 at that service. Religion has become a vital sustaining force in many lives. James McCallum said they had a fine service last Sunday also. The church was decorated in red and really looked festive. This afternoon at 4.30, the English service was revived after four or five Sundays of omission. I went over to the service this morning and Mary this afternoon. We did not both like to leave the campus at the same time. In fact, one of us is always here with the Japanese military police letter to drive off stray soldiers. We have had three services on the campus today. Our 7.30 prayer service this morning, a 2 o'clock service this afternoon for women, and a 7.30 service this evening for campus servants. We have enough helpers on the campus so we can take turns. Miss Wang took morning meeting, Miss Low afternoon, and Mr. Chen this evening. Registration of Chinese continues tomorrow in eight places in the city. People are naively anxious to register, thinking the slip will be a protection. We have already heard of several instances where soldiers have torn up these registration slips. At 2 p.m. today, five Chinese planes flew over the city and dropped some bombs. Our old friends, the anti-aircraft guns, sounded forth. 
Searle had received a letter from Lilith, brought by a Japanese newspaper correspondent. Her last word from Searle had been dated November 14th. Although she had written him 12 times and wired 6 times, she had not heard from him. To date, no one from outside has been allowed to come to Nanking. The same day from the diary of Sen Shui Fang. Yesterday, the merciful Miss Wu sent us two geese and one duck to consume. She did not give them to us for nothing. She wanted to be paid. Also, it depends on when she is willing to give them to us. Now, it is even difficult to buy things even if you have money. This is also a time when we become slaves of a crushed nation. It was a Chinese New Year's Day yesterday, so we had geese to eat. If it were not for the two Westerners, I myself could not afford to buy the geese, nor did I want to eat them. How can a refugee have any appetite to eat geese? Today is Sunday. No incidents happened. Voltron and Trinum cannot go outside at the same time because we have to have one Westerner here. Although Trinum is a Chinese, her face is that of a foreigner. Our country's airplanes came to bomb several places. I have no idea where. Three Japanese women devils came to visit, and they're from the Women's National Defense Assistance Committee. Voltron took them to see various places and to meet me. I really did not want to see them and became much angrier when I saw them. Also, one more hateful thing made Voltron and me deadly mad. When the three women devils were leaving, they gave away several rotten apples and a small amount of candies. Some middle-aged women refugees surrounded the Japanese to fight for the goodies and grab for a cup of coins in the devil's palms. They indeed lost the Chinese people's face totally. It made me angry to death, and I scolded them. So did Voltron. Several refugees also cursed them. Those women simply have no shame. For such worthless small items, they wanted to shout and grab. Does it make others laugh at them? They're low-bred like this, and have no sense what kind of people the Japanese devils are. Even if they starve to death, they should not eat food from the Japanese. It may be okay for children to do so, but definitely not for adults. Those ignorant Chinese people. China's future is dim and hopeless. However, thinking of those educated Chinese who even became traitors, one should be more tolerant of uneducated people's behaviors. Monday, January 3rd, from Votrin's Diary. Registration continues, supposedly at eight places, but certainly at Jinling we have the crowds. By 8 a.m. the Japanese guards had arrived, and by 8.30, the lecturing had started. 
first to women and then to men. The method worked out yesterday by the Chinese of the new self-government organization was completely and rudely discarded by the Japanese official in charge, at least at Jinling. During the morning, I went to the university and found that they were registering there and at the agriculture building, but crowds are small compared to ours. For us, it means cutting down rice to one meal a day, which is terribly hard on the children, but I rather think men prefer to register here where some of their womenfolk can bear witness in case they are taken for soldiers. We have no trouble from stray soldiers as long as registration is going on the campus. Wrote a letter of petition for five women today, trying to help them find their husbands. Tonight, Wei the messenger boy told me his story in full. On December 14th, he was taking letters, first to international committee and next to the hospital. Near the drum tower, he was stopped by two soldiers. One put a bayonet at his stomach, the other a gun back of him. The American embassy sleeve band which he was wearing was torn from his arm. My letter was taken from him and torn up, and the chip book he was carrying was thrown away. And of course his bicycle was taken. He was forced to go to Xiaoguan, where for ten days he did nothing but carry loot for them and load it on trucks. He said he saw hundreds and hundreds of people killed, some soldiers, some civilians, some old and some young. Everywhere there were dead bodies. Very few houses seemed to be left standing. He remembered the Yangtze Hotel and Episcopal Church property as still standing. He said the furniture that was not carted off was used as fuel, not in stoves, but in bonfires. The next two days, he was taken to a house just west of Central University, and again continued to carry loot. At last, he was made to carry things to Chu Young, starting before dawn and reaching there long after dark, without food or drink for the entire day. After the 18 men reached there, they were given a statement of dismissal and told they could return to Nanking. Although the journey in the dark was dangerous, they decided to risk it. Again and yet again, they were stopped at a point of bayonet, but finally reached Nanking. In the end, all but two of them were taken to do more carrying. He said that every pond they passed was filled with dead bodies of people and animals, but in spite of it, they had to drink to quench thirst. He arrived home on December 28th, thin and exhausted. Even now, he is still too tired to get about. Two young women came in my office this afternoon and wanted me to help them find their husbands. Of the three brothers in the family, two were taken on December 14th. The family kept a duck shop near Southgate. Women are gradually learning to stand in line to buy rice, and they think it is a much better method than crowding and fighting for it. Shanghai Road today near us looked like Futsa Mao, Confucius Temple, at China New Year. Some foods can now be bought. We have killed Dr. Yuan's goat for meat for ourselves and servants. No meat can be purchased yet. 
now sends perspective on the same day. Today, the registration resumed again for those men yet to be registered. They should not register here. The reason for this registration is that the Japanese want to know how many people are left in Nanjing. Also, they wanted to know who they are in case some incidents occur. It is impossible to finish registration today. Many people died in Nanking. Some dead were military men who were unable to escape. There were several thousands of Chinese deserters in Yanzhichu who had been starved for three days. Then they dispatched two soldiers to surrender to the Japanese. For two days, they were given some food to eat. Yet, three days later, they were all shot to death by machine guns. This was witnessed by Wei Zifu at the site. Some of the military men and civilians were roped together by the Japanese and dragged to the edge of the ditches. They were shot, one by one, and row by row, into the ditches. It was really tragic. The bodies of those who were killed at Yanzhichi are still there. At some places, the bodies were dragged away by dogs. When thinking about it, one cannot help feeling sad. They died so miserably. A lot of women had become widows. Wei Zifu came back and said that the day when he was dragged away by the Japanese, everything he saw was horrific. The roads around Shaguan were impassable, covered with dead bodies. People had to walk over the bodies, so he was scared to death. Tuesday, January 4th, from Votrin's Diary. The Heavenly Father certainly tempers the wind to the shorn lambs, for the days continue clear and warm. Registration continuing on our campus, it seems that for men it is mostly completed. I would say that from five to 10,000 women registered today, or at least completed the first step, consisting of listening to the lecture and receiving the preliminary slip. The procedure started a little after eight and continued through four, with time out at noon. Although it was announced that women from 17 to 30 only were to be registered, many were both younger and older. In the main, the women were treated better than the men, but nevertheless, the soldiers on guard get a good deal of amusement out of herding people like cattle, and sometimes they put the stamp on their cheeks, which of course is embarrassing. I had hoped to get my first letter off to Ruth today by Mr. M. Tanaka, who was supposed to go to Shanghai at 3 p.m. Unfortunately, he started at 1 p.m., and my letter is still in Nanking. My radiograms are still at the American Embassy waiting for an American gunboat to send them. It is just three weeks today since Nanking was taken, and as yet, there has been no foreigner allowed in or out. 
There are many people on the streets today in the safety zone, and many vendors are selling food. There are not many soldiers to be seen. Tonight from the South Hill House I saw two fires, one near Southgate and one near Eastgate, but this is much less than usual. As soon as registration is finished, people will be urged to go back to their homes with the promise that they will be safe. The pity is that so many have no homes to go to, or if they are fortunate enough to have a home, it has been looted again and yet again. Tuesday, January 4th, from Sen's Diary. Registration for men can be completed this noon. Several hundred pounds of firewood has been burned. Tomorrow is the women's turn to register. Voltron wants us to register. I told her that it does not matter if we register or not. And this kind of registration is meaningless. It is a trick played on the Chinese people by the Japanese. One time they said that only women between 17 and 40 need to register. Another time they said all women should do so. Although it is more convenient for those who have registered to go outside of the city, we do not want to leave the city for the time being. However, Chun is not willing to let us not register for the time being. She said that we ought to be truthful. It is not easy to talk some sense into her. Besides, she cannot understand the real motives of the Japanese. She insists that we go to register. Wang, Xue, and Luo are also there. Chun is afraid that the Japanese will come here to investigate. She does not object that I do not register, but if I refuse to register, those four would do likewise. So I have to go. Life under this kind of pressure is difficult to endure. Yet our registration went smoothly. Several of us were not registered by the Japanese. Today, people who administered the registration were mostly Chinese. Voltron was there too. They combined two lines into one for registration. It is pitiful that those women refugees were beaten and molested by the Japanese soldiers during registration. It was really painful for them. On the platform, the Japanese urged people to return home to good and happy lives. As a matter of fact, the Japanese soldiers go to private residence to sleep, dragging husband out. If husbands refuse to leave, they're shot to death. If wives refuse to obey the Japanese soldiers' sexual demands, they're shot too. For almost one month, I did not take off my clothing for a good night's sleep until last night. On our next episode, a Chinese civilian describes some of the horrors that continue to occur outside the safety zone. Minnie goes to the embassy to ask for more guards at the gate to Jinling College. 
Shui Fong cares for the sick. Thanks for listening.